Hello, everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of On Air with the Chair. I'm your MEC Chairman, Captain Nicholas James. In this episode, we are going to give a State of the Union address. Our original plan was to have Ben Jensen, our Training and Testing Committee Chairman, come in and talk to the pilot group about some of the training and testing issues and some of the things and tools and resources that you have at your disposal here at Endeavor to maximize your results. Unfortunately, Ben called me this morning and he was feeling a little under the weather and given the pandemic, we thought it was in everyone's best interest to go ahead and move into a different direction with the podcast. So Ben, we uh, wish you well and we wish you a speedy recovery. But instead, what we're going to do is I'm going to give you a little bit of a State of the Union address. So we're going to talk a little bit about where we're at with our staffing, daily departures, negotiations that are going to be upcoming, and we're going to talk about a couple of grievances. So we really hope that you enjoy the show. So in our last episode, we had Chad Potter join us, Scheduling Committee Chairman, and we spoke about staffing levels and schedules. So currently, we are at about 80% of our pre-COVID daily departures, and that is actually a very, very strong number and doesn't look to be subsiding. If anything, we may see a small increase, but at the very least, probably just a maintenance at that 80% level. Uh, even around the holidays, it seems like we're going to be picking up some flying from Delta Airlines that normally would be covered by their aircraft are now going to be covered by ours. Um, so that is a very, very strong number and a very encouraging number as we try to traverse this pandemic. Um, but what is down, as Chad and I spoke about, is utilization. Right now, we're at a little over seven hours a day utilization per aircraft, where pre-COVID we were upwards of 10, and there was even a plan to try to push that to 11, um, which would have been very, very challenging, but doable. And so the utilization is down, which means we're flying um, a lot of leg segments compared to pre-COVID, but those leg distances are not nearly as long, and there's a lot of built-in sets. And this is something that you're probably seeing out on the line as flying is shifting. Um, in other words, if you are leaving out of, let's say, Detroit, and you're heading to Lansing, there may, may have been pre-COVID about three round trips per day. Now that has been reduced to two round trips per day. And this is part of what is causing the, the reduction in utilization. So while the daily departure number is encouraging, we still do have to keep mind and track on that utilization number as that's really also going to tell us when we're out of the pandemic. However, because of all of the daily departures that we have, there are still no furloughs that are planned right now at Endeavor. Now, obviously, I've said this before, and I say this each month, that very, very well could change. Do we think it's going to change any time in the near term? No, not at least at this point. Not with the kind of flying that we're doing, not with the kind of operation as far as the performance that we're producing that we are running. We actually are not planning on, still not planning on any furloughs at Endeavor. The company is also committed to and remains committed to placing an early out program first before considering any furloughs or any other type of involuntary measures. Besides early out programs, there are other voluntary measures that we can take a look at. 
If you've been tracking on what is happening at Delta, they have released two LOAs, one that just ratified and another one that should be going out for membership ratification, or actually by the time you listen to this podcast, probably is out for membership ratification. The one that was ratified was a voluntary measure, which was 2003. The, the one that will be in the ratification window is going to be an involuntary proposal at 2004. Um, while I'm not going to go into the details of 2004, I mean, it, the information is available online, it did look like a very, very strong deal from Delta's perspective, uh, the Delta MEC, I mean. There were some um, small changes to the targeted line value um, in which the company has been seeking for quite some time, which will allow them to be able to flatten out the peaks and the valleys and keep their flying more consistent uh, throughout the year. And in exchange, there were some very, very nice benefits to the Delta MEC on a permanent basis. One of the nice things about 2004 was that instead of furloughing potentially 2,000 pilots, instead these pilots are going to be put on a reduced guarantee with no obligation to the company. So their health care is still going to be covered. They're still going to be given a 30-hour um, guarantee each month, and they will not have any other obligation to the company and will be able to pursue other employment. This is the exact kind of leave option that we have been championing here at Endeavor in order to maximize the potential cost savings that we could generate at our level. Previously, management has been very, very reluctant at the Endeavor level to institute such a leave program. They've stated repeatedly that we need to treat each work group, unionized, non-unionized, flight attendants, pilots, mechanics, Tower C employees, we need to treat everybody equally. What we have said is, while that sounds very good in theory, in practice, we need to come up with solutions that are right for the pilots in order to maximize results, because that's really what we need to do here, is we need to maximize cost-saving results. Obviously, when times are good, we institute programs that are right for each labor group, and we should also do so when times are bad. And that is something that we've been harping on the company consistently uh, throughout the pandemic, and we will continue to do so because we think it's the right solution and we think it's the one that's going to lead to the maximum number of results that we could produce. If we can maximize those results, again, then that puts us in an even better position to avoid any type of involuntary measures, whether those are cost cuts, wage cuts, hour cuts, or even potentially furloughs. So we're continuing to explore all of those, those types of options and champion uh, those types of solutions. I think the listener may be interested in knowing that on November 18th, the company did request another negotiating session with our negotiating committee. So I and the negotiators will be in Minneapolis on the 18th of November to sit down with the company and to hear some of the things that they are interested in. I can tell you that they have been interested in this idea of moving the remote recurrent ground schools into a complete 100% LMS-driven system, which means you would no longer either travel up to Minneapolis or join your recurrent ground school via the WebEx. Rather, you would do your modules completely on LMS. Now, there is a limiter inside the JCBA, and that limiter is that quarterly assigned home study should not exceed an annual limit of 17.2 hours or 4.3 hours per quarter. So that is the limiter that is put in. And, and until we lift that limit, we would not be able to transition fully to an LMS system. Obviously, we know that one of the major concerns from pilots right now is the fact that LMS pay is only paying 50% of the time that it actually takes. And so we would look to modify that and bring that 
up to a one-for-one -one basis. In, in other words, if an LMS is going to take you 30 minutes, you are going to receive 30 minutes of pay. That has also brought into um, some questions or that some questions have been raised by some pilots, especially in light of this most recent quarter's LMSs, which was very, very heavy on the Delta-specific modules. And I'll, I'll touch on that here in just a little bit. But it's brought into question, how do we figure out the correct time for these modules? Well, I want to let you know that members of our training and testing committee, approximately three to four members and a couple of members of the company, they sit down in advance of the quarterly LMS and they go through it and they time each module and how long it takes them. And then they meet to discuss their results. And usually they're pretty close to each other within a few minutes. Obviously, if a module is a little bit longer, you're going to have a little bit more variance. But then they come to a general consensus based upon the actual data on how long these are taking that dictates what your pay schedule is. We do an audit on those every single quarter, and so far that has been very consistent. I know that there was some concerns from some pilots that this quarter's LMS, because of all of the Delta modules, um, was a little bit more extensive than the pay that they were receiving. Um, I think it's important to remember that the pay that you're receiving this quarter is three hours for these LMSs, which is more than the one to one and a half or slightly under two that we typically see. And that is representative of the fact that the Delta modules are included. Now, let's talk a little bit about these, these Delta modules. The MEC has filed a grievance over some of the Delta modules. There are some contractual provisions inside Section 11 that limit the kind of modules, the type and the frequency that can be released, or even the reasons that can be released. Now, nothing prohibits the company from asking you um, to participate in some of these modules. You see uh, about four or five modules, including some things about Rainmaker and other company um, software programs that are optional for the pilots. But there are limiters, limiters as far as what can be required. And typically, the only thing that the company can require is things that are pertinent to your duties and responsibilities as an airline pilot. Now, the general purpose of the grievance is to ensure that everything that is assigned to you as the line pilot is pertinent and does coincide to a reasonable extent with the duties and responsibilities to you as an airline pilot. So we did file an, an MEC group grievance. And you might be thinking, okay, so what, what does that mean for me as an individual? Does that mean I'm going to see a remedy? Does that mean I'm going to see a payout? Typically, in these types of grievances, usually when there has not been an infraction prior, what we end up seeing from an arbitrator is a cease and a desist. In other words, um, company don't do that again. And if you do that again, then there may be punitive damages. So I wouldn't necessarily um, expect to see anything come of this grievance you know, other than we want to ensure that we are standing up and protecting your contractual rights. Another grievance that I've talked about, spoken about ad nauseum on this program and, you know, through all pilot conference calls is this Flicka grievance. As all of you should be very, very well aware, Flicka was services were basically taken down at the start of the pandemic. And they were taken down in areas that really didn't make sense and weren't necessary uh, by the company, including straight open time ads. We have been trying to resolve that grievance outside of the grievance process in order to promote bringing some value to you now. And the company just really hasn't been willing to engage with us on 
foregoing the grievance in exchange for maybe some non-economic quids or maybe even a single non-economic quid. But we're still going to pursue that. And maybe in the upcoming November 18th negotiations, maybe that's going to present another opportunity for us to take a bite at that apple. So we'll certainly keep the pilot group informed on that progress. The last thing that I want to touch on as far as grievances are concerned is actually not a grievance that is here at Endeavor, but a grievance that was filed by the Delta MEC. And it really has to do with the Compass Airlines scope provisions. So as you know, early in the pandemic, right around the beginning of April, Compass Airlines ceased operations. Once they ceased operations, the flowback agreement that Compass and Delta shared also ceased to exist. Inside this agreement, it said that if Delta Airlines were to not have an agreement in which they could see furloughed pilots flowing back to a DCI carrier, that the dual class scope would have to be reduced by 35 aircraft. Currently, I believe there's 223 dual class aircraft around that number that would see that number reduced to about 188. Now, please keep in mind that that is within the DCI network. That is not necessarily Endeavor specific. So that means that it could come from Republic or it could come from SkyWest, provided that there's latitudes in their capacity purchase agreements. If those two companies have fleet agreements that would prohibit that type of reduction, then yes, we would end up having to take the brunt of that hit. If not, then there's going to be some choices on where those aircraft could uh, potentially be pulled from if Delta Airlines uh, agrees that there is even a scope violation to begin with. So many pilots have said, well, why would the, you know, why would the Delta MEC even do this? Because it potentially could mean reduced levels of flying for us at Endeavor. And that is true. But please keep in mind that the Delta MEC has to protect their pilot working agreement. They have to protect their contract. And by filing a grievance, you absolutely preserve your contractual rights. And just because you file a grievance doesn't necessarily mean it will head to arbitration. The thing with arbitrations are they can be wildly unpredictable. Sometimes we go into an arbitration and we feel very, very good about our case. We feel that there is past practice. We feel there is precedent. We feel the FAA may even be on our side in a particular issue. And yet, for one reason or another, the arbitration goes against our, our train of thought. And then there are arbitrations that we walk into and that we think that, man, this is going to be a, a Hail Mary long shot. And we walk away and it was very easy and, and we were successful. So there is certainly a wide range of outcomes that can happen in an arbitration, both for the association and for the company. So many times it, it behooves both parties to find a settlement that each side finds reasonable and can live with and solves their problems moving forward. And that very well might be the goal of the Delta MEC. You know, we haven't had specific conversations to that end, as right now they are in compliance with this reduction due to the COVID pandemic. But moving forward, after we get past the pandemic, we'll have to see how this plays out. And I'll certainly be more than happy to keep the pilot group informed. One thing that I want to talk about the pilots as we end the podcast today is the mask. The mask is a mandatory piece of PPE equipment that must be worn at all times, whether you are in the flight deck with the door open or you are walking through the terminal, you're in the hotel shuttle van or walking through the, the hotel itself. Um, even sitting inside the crew room, outside of actively eating or drinking, the mask is a requirement at Endeavor. And so your participation is, is certainly, certainly appreciated. 
Um, the company has been very, very good about not bringing pilots by and large into Section 19 meetings for non-wearing of the mask. But we are starting to see a trend of that changing. And so I just wanted to kind of advise the pilots that as uncomfortable as they can be or cumbersome as they are sometimes, please try to do your best to wear your mask when you are in public settings and social settings. If you run into any issues with any base management, any other chief pilot, or any other issue in general where you feel like you are being challenged unnecessarily, please reach out to your local executive council rep. They will get a hold of the officers, and we certainly can bring this issue to light uh, inside an operational meeting. But just please remember that we're just trying to promote the safety of our industry. Masks are, by and large, uh, viewed very favorably by our customers, and that's who we need to be back into the airports and back into the airplanes so that we can make sure that we get through the rest of COVID-19 without losing a single pilot and without taking a pay cut, and most importantly, getting those big bottles of water back in the airplane. Now, typically we end the show with a pilot question, but we, we have not actually been sent a pilot question this month. So if you have a question or an idea for a topic for the podcast, please, please reach out to edvcoms at alpa.org. That's edvcoms at alpa.org. For those of you that have participated in this in the past, we have sent you a gift from the MEC. And for those that will participate in the future, we will be more than happy to do the same for you. So just email edvcoms at alpha.org. Let us know what your question is. Let us know what your topic is. And if your question or topic is chosen, you can expect to hear or receive a gift from the MEC. Thank you, everyone. Fly safe and be safe out there, and we'll see you on the line. Send over 31, runway 28, quit land.